Hello and welcome to another installment of JP Morgan's Global Data Pod podcast. This is Hiroshigai, Chief Japan Economist at JP Morgan, and I'm joined today by Ayako Fujita, Senior Japan Economist. Today, we will address whether Japan's persistent disinflation could end over the medium term with permanent geopolitical shifts as a catalyst. Japan is an outlier in the world in the sense that it has faced deflation or disinflation for a long period of time, which has yet to be corrected even with the BOJ's long-standing easing policy. Looking at the global economy today, geopolitical shifts have pushed up Japan's import costs, but their impact on Japan's consumer inflation remains limited. So let me ask the first question to you. What is your view on whether this cost pressure is a temporary event or a long-lasting one with structural changes? Fujita-san, I think the following three key changes will raise input costs for Japanese firms, which I just began and is likely to continue structurally in a more long-lasting way. First is continued rise in energy prices. Second is acceleration of decarbonization. And the third is strengthening economic security and accelerating formation of block economy. Okay, of these, where the first point you mentioned, the higher energy prices, reverse if the world ends eventually? Western countries, especially Europe and the US, have started to direct the energy supply system without Russia. And especially the EU has tried to shift away the procurement of natural gas from Russia to other areas, which will raise the possibility that natural gas prices will remain at a higher level. Oil has the same risk as natural gas. Since Japan's self-sufficiency in primary energy supply is the second lowest in OECD countries, Japan will likely be subject to such price conditions. In addition, Japan's many utility firms have already started planning to diversify away from imports of natural gas from Russia with long-term contracts, in part by shifting to spot, spot transactions. This may increase the sensitivity of utilities prices to future changes in spot natural gas prices. I see. Second, how do the decarbonization efforts affect input costs? To substitute for the potential loss of oil and natural gas imports, we expect Japan's utility firms to accelerate their use of non-fossil fuels as part of their decarbonization effort, focusing more on renewable energy. Indeed, Prime Minister Kishida emphasized recently that Japan should consider the current rise in energy prices as an opportunity to accelerate decarbonization. However, renewable energy is much more costly in Japan than the global average. Thus, unless Japan can solve this high cost issue, Japan will likely face high energy costs in the medium term. Okay, the third point you mentioned, economic security, seems to be a different perspective from the first two points in the direction of making supply chains more robust. Will this also lead to higher costs? Certainly. Uh, supply chains originally expanded to maximize economic value, but recently have changed to increase resiliency and will change further to account for geopolitical risk more from an economic security perspective. We also expect this will prompt a partial reshoring of factories outside Japan. The pullback from global supply chains may restrain trade activity and reduce efficiency, 
which would raise input costs for Japanese firms. Furthermore, Japanese firms have started to tighten the cybersecurity of their entire supply chains, which will be another factor that raises costs. The key issue should be who will bear these higher costs. I believe the energy price rise this time is the largest increase since the oil crisis in the 1970s. Yet the CPI increase has been limited so far. At the time of 1970s oil crisis, were the higher costs borne primarily by firms or households? And what was their impact on CPI inflation? Uh, looking back to the two oil shocks when oil prices surged and the responses of macroeconomic policies, we can find a very interesting difference in Japanese firms' price setting behavior. In the first oil shock, the rise in oil prices had much less impact on corporate profit than during the second oil shock. Before the first oil shock, Japan faced excess liquidity and the government planned to remodel the Japanese archipelago with public investment. Thus, high oil prices caused CPI inflation to soar. Many firms passed through the rising energy costs to their sales prices aggressively, reducing the burden of the rising variable costs, the main part of which is the energy burden. On the other hand, after the second oil shock, both the government and the BOJ persuaded firms not to raise wages to avoid CPI inflation, while the BOJ restricted money growth. This succeeded in suppressing wages and the CPI, but the firms had to bear the rising variable costs while the labor cost burden declined. Since the second oil shock, Japanese firms have adhered to the latter pattern or path through and wage setting behavior until now, basically. The difference between the two crises seems to have some implication for Japanese firms' upcoming reaction to the surge in variable costs. You said firms have remained reluctant to pass on higher costs to consumers since the second oil crisis. But the economic environment is different now than it was then. For example, the current monetary and fiscal policies are very accommodative and firms are not able to reduce energy use dramatically as they did in the 1980s. Also, the government is even encouraging firms to pass on higher costs to consumers. In this respect, the current economic environment seems to be more similar to the one during the first oil crisis. Yeah, this should be the point to think of potential changes in Japanese firms passing through behavior and its impact on CPI inflation. We have long thought that modest disinflation or deflation will persist in Japan. We think it is hard to shift the economy to a state with inflation as a target, as a target without accelerating the economy to powerful escape velocity growth. However, the shocks we described could get Japan out of this low inflation trap. First, the BOJ's firm commitment to maintain hyper-expansionary policies. That will also keep the yen weak, which is already historically low in real terms despite the current risk of environment would provide firms with a profit incentive to increase capex and spending on labor. Second, a large and persistent increase in the cost of imported intermediate goods and consumer goods and the cost shock from the restructuring of supply chains could dislodge entrenched expectations that inflation will remain low. Once Japan dislodges these inflationary or deflationary expectations, 
real interest rate would decline, stimulating investment and consumer demand, and Japan could ignite a self-reinforcing reflationary dynamic. If this can be supported by an acceleration in wage growth, Japan could also move toward repression. But the labor market is not as tight as in the US or the euro area, and many firms see labor costs as fixed costs. The first round of this year's spring wage negotiations resulted in a 0.5% increase. This is slightly better than previously expected, but considerably lower than the conditions necessary to signal a sustained deflation. I agree with you. I think the potential change in their wage setting behavior is more ambiguous, depending on the speed of future changes in the labor market. So how plausible is the scenario we have been discussing today? Can Japan exit from low inflation in the medium term, triggered by the global price shocks and supported by accommodative macroeconomic policies? Anything to be noted? Actually, there are caveats to this scenario in that it is based on two key assumptions. First is that the global economy will return to above trend growth after temporary subpar growth in the first half of this year. Without this return to robust growth, the incentive for export firms to spend more on capital expenditures and labor will diminish. Second is no premature signal of normalization of either the BOJ or the government. I feel some uncertainty when I see criticism from business circles in Japan of the BOJ's allowing yen depreciation by sticking to the current uh, yield curve control framework. Therefore, it is more appropriate at the moment to say that the geopolitical shift could end Japan's disinflation rather than will. Great, thanks for this in-depth discussion of whether geopolitical shift could end Japan's disinflation. And thanks to everyone who joined today. We look forward to having you join us again on JP Morgan's Global Data Pod. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Report related to its content for more information, including important disclosures, 2022 JP Morgan Chase and Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on March 31, 2022.